Thank you for downloading our podcast. I'm Matt Wills and with me today, as always, is Rick Wharton. Today's documentary is An Honest Liar. And on discussing documentaries, we do like to watch something we've never seen the likes of before. And this ticks that box. It was released in the year 2014. It's on Amazon. It's an hour and a half long. And the budget is listed as undisclosed, which sounds like someone may have overspent. It's directed by two people, Justin Weinstein and Tyler Misom. And here's the accolade. It got the Audience Award for the Best Feature at the 2014 AFI Docs Festival. Now, as any documentary fan knows, AFI Docs has been called the preeminent US documentary festival. And it's held in Maryland. Sadly, not East London, but America. And it's also held in Washington. Sadly, it's DC and not Washington State. Go Mavericks. Rest in peace, Kurt Cobain. This documentary is the incredible (laughs) true story of the renowned magician turned skeptic and exposer of frauds and hoaxes, James the Amazing Randy. Um, This one is my pick. Rick, I'm not sure why I picked this one, if I'm being honest with you. So, uh, right, as always, Rick, lead us in. Hey, I, I've got no, I've got no beef with the documentary choice. Um, the minute you see the amazing Randy, he is a fascinating-looking guy God, from yes. the off. Yeah, Uncle Albert look-alike. Forget mid, forget magician. He looks like a wizard. He does. Yes, like, he does. Legitimately, look, I do, like some people choose a profession, and then others, their profession chooses them. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's weird but, how much he changed from when you see him. Like as the amazing Randy when he was like twenty or thirty years old, and you see him age and get smaller throughout the documentary. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have never have pictured. So if if you did a lineup of other twenty-year-old men of that time, and then him, of when he was older, you'd never match those two up. They look like different people. I imagine you find that horrifying—the fact you can get smaller. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I get more eccentric looking. So you know that that balances it. Balances it out. You made me laugh about a difference of opinion on things when you said that at the beginning how the budget was undisclosed and you're worried that they overspent, whereas I'm worried the amazing Randy has been making some tax will disappear. Because <laughs> <for himself. laughs> he could, couldn't he? Because the opening quote on the film is awesome. And because his voice as well, his voice is, uh, it, it's it's quite hypnotic, which obviously he's a, he's a trained magician, so uh, it would be. But his great quote is, no matter how smart or well-educated you are, you can be deceived. And then you see him going around his house, which has like Bruce Wayne-style bookcases that open and things yeah. like that. Yeah, he's a fascinating man. So just to give you some background on the fella, um, he's known as the Great Randy, uh, also known as James Randy, and he was born Randall James Hamilton Zwinge, which is... I think Zwinge as a surname is one of the best surnames I've ever heard. I love a good name. Zwinge, I think that's it for me. If I go into witness protection program, I'm going to be Mr. Zwinge. Yeah, but again, that is very much his profession chose him. That is a magician's surname right there is Zwinge. And do you want to be called the Amazing Randy? Yes, I do. Let's go with that. 
Um, and then it goes back, it shows you back in his heyday, and it's mm. him on TV. And the TV looks so cheaply put together, doesn't it? Because it's him, God, yeah. and he can get out of a straitjacket quicker than anyone else while tied upside down. Yeah. But it's like, they don't have, like, uh, assistance helping him. They literally have the police yeah, tie right. him <laughs> into a straitjacket and put him upside down. To and give then him they credibility. Get la- <laughs> yeah, and then they get a lady next to him to come and sing as he's doing it. How weird which always. That? Which is always a bad... You can't get someone more talented than you on the stage with you while you're doing your thing because this beautiful woman's just belting out a ballad as he's struggling in the straitjacket. But he gets out straight away. Yeah, um, yeah he does. Yep. And I like the way he shakes her hand. It's so professional. You know, because if they did that trick these days, there'd be air kisses and everything. Whereas he just goes over, shakes her hand. And, Thank you, miss. Or, Thank you, sir. There we go. We are done. He's, I love how direct he is when he talks. Yeah. He's got showman in his blood, hasn't he? Yeah. Just... yeah even because then it shows you him at uh, Tester's Diner just talking <laughs> to the camera and he's talking. Again, he is just a crotchety, charismatic old guy. He is. Uh, full of life. Uh, I mean, how old is he at this point, do you think? Like 70s? Got to be. 70 kissing 80, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at least. And you see him having a laugh in the diner. He talks yeah. about how, how he always battles with the psychics and the mentalists. Mm. All, all uh, the while, like charming the waitresses. Yeah, you know, he, he's got a he's got a touch of the uh, a touch of the silver tongue devil about him, and a little glint in his eye always. And he's always looking for. This is one of the things I like hanging around with uh, some comics, yourself included. You'll always find the joke, and whenever he's talking, he will try and find a gag, and I I just love that about him. Yeah, he's got some old school timing on him that I'm very very jealous of. Yes, like he is. He's good, man, right? He's not just a magician and a defrauder of hoaxes and uh, psychics and what are they? Uh, they assume the body. Healers. Healers, yeah. and um, Channelers. Channelers, that's the word I'm after. Yeah, but he's also, he's, he's got a huge touch of the comedian about him, which I just, you can't, you can't not like this man. He is so charming. Yeah, and, he, and he's got, I quite like his philosophy that, Magic is entertainment. Yeah. The minute you dress it as anything else, then you're conning people. Yeah. And the story of how he comes to that is interesting as well. So it then cuts to him debunking people saying they're psychic. So they've got a guy dressed in the kind of Bruce Lee commode with a ball cut and a <laughs> yeah. tash. Couldn't look straight out of Nambler. <laughs> and, he's, and he's doing his trick where he can blow the phone book open. And then Randy just comes over and like basically puts polystyrene down yeah. and proves that he's just blowing on the pages. He's using his nose. Because he says magicians are the most honest people in the world. They tell you they're going to fool you and then they do it. You can't argue with his logic. You're like, yeah, actually, yeah, because we all know it's made up, right? Magic isn't real. Sorry, Harry Potter fans, but it's not. And this guy says, yeah, it's not real. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a con man. I'm a trickster. That's what I do. I'm amazed. I'm amazed you have a go at the Harry Potter fans, but leave out the flat earthers that we had to fucking yeah. watch. <laughs> it would be because if the amazing Randy took on the flat earthers, they would no longer exist. Would be my feeling. Well, that's 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 in contrast to the message of the documentary, in my opinion. Not of the flat earthers, for the love of God. Don't don't mistake me on that one for a second. Those those are those were divorced men that need somewhere to be. And these, well, the the channelers and stuff, right? They were selling um, the demand for their tickets in the in the sixties and seventies to get in and see them was so high they could make 
a quarter of a million dollars per show. And that was when a quarter of a million dollars was a lot of money. Oh, God, yeah. And uh, they also showed modern day, he's doing a TED talk where he takes, he just, <laughs> he's so funny the way he does it. He just goes, well, he just whaps back a bunch of pills and goes, I've just taken six homeopathic sleeping pills. Why isn't it affecting me? Yeah. <laughs> now, the thing is, and so I really have problems sleeping, right? I genuinely, it's I've battled with it my entire life. And currently, obviously, because I'm reasonably susceptible to things, I'm currently trying some homeopathic medicine. And I've been trying it for, I'm on about month three. And up until I saw the amazing Randy knocking down a bottle of pills and going, yeah, it's all nonsense, mate. I thought they were working. <laughs> <laughs> so he's currently, yeah, I've, uh, yeah, he's burst that little bubble in my head. Thanks. James. Well, it's sleepy or sneezy, but if you're going for a character, <laughs> Matt, it's... Well, because we're, we're informed that basically he's... This is a man who has spent his life uncovering deception, and then they drop a little bit of... And he has some deception in his life. And you're like, ooh, what's that? And then they don't touch that again. Oh, they, well, until, they do. Well, they do, but just the whole film for me was... It was heading in one direction... Then it was heading in another, and then it just takes a complete U-turn. Yeah, I, 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 I think I text you afterwards. I, I'm just, I, yeah, it just it really wound me up. It really did. I was like, sticking alone. I think yeah, it, it, the, the last twenty minutes kind of the 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 ending could have been quicker, but the, but the I think the journey in the beginning in particular was pretty fascinating. Like. Um, yeah, I yeah, I buy into that. Yeah, yeah. So so you meet his partner and his partner is seen on a TV show called Tell the Truth, which yes. is a huge like he is so takes pride in the truth and basically uh, Jose Alvarez is uh, on a show called Tell the Truth, a old school TV show where it's light up boards like the Jeopardy sign. Yeah. And um you have to guess which one's lying, like would I lie to you, but is who who's this person? Is as simple as it gets, and it's his and, partner uh, in crime because they basically they set out a con together, basically, yeah, to to debunk mystics and channelers, etc. So yeah, how, this guy is he's an artist, and he's from was he from Venezuela, um, Ven- Caracas, Venezuela. Yeah, yeah, but and the they, thing- they meet in a supermarket. No, they didn't. They um, oh, they met in a library. Library. So that was it. Library. The, I beg your pardon. Because yeah, this. Yeah. This, this one got me. Just the, the image of it. Because, again, you've got a picture like a four foot eleven Gandalf <laughs> is what. <laughs> good shout, man. You're, so, you're very good at the uh, the lookalikes. I'll tell you what about this documentary. You will see the most flamboyant hats you've ever seen in your life. And that includes the Dungeons and Dragons documentary that we watched. Yeah. but he's in, So he's in the library and Randy comes over and offers to explain something to him. Which, again, you're in a library, you're looking at old books, and then this Gandalf-looking guy, it looks like he's about to send them on a fucking quest. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, so then they start talking about the um, joy of astronomy. And then this is what triggered me, because uh, Randy's got um, decent telescopes and offers to take them to see the, the moons of Jupiter on the telescope. Yeah. Now, I've got experience this, because my dad is well into this stuff. No way, right? my dad too. Like he's like he's got all the equipment, right? And uh, this is so funny. So, if you think when this is recorded, we've just released episode one, uh, Grizzly Man. If you go back in the archive, so that's just been put out to the world. And at the end of it, I talk about how my dad is skeptical of everything, 
and in the documentary Tiger King, refused to believe that Carol and Baskins uh, killed her husband. Oh, I haven't and, seen that uh, yet. So. Uh, you haven't seen that one yet. And um, so I get an email off my dad after he's listened to it. It says, uh, so they left the lens cap on for Timothy Treadwell being eaten by a bear. They just did it to boost their YouTube numbers and he faked his death. <laughs> Happens all the time, son, which I thought. I did. You sent me the screen grab said, of that. But the beautiful it thing so of it is. He, and he, and he, he signed off with his scepticism. Love, dad. It was beautiful. Yeah. But he'd wrote all of that in the subject line, not in the email. So I've got like a paragraph subject line from him. And this is a man that can program a telescope to find fucking Jupiter, but he hasn't bothered learning how to do an email. That is classic dad behavior. Wait, again, it's so scary. How So I rang him up just to say like how funny it was because the impression I did of him, he kind of called back to that. No, he truly believes he didn't kill himself. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, that wasn't even a joke to him. He's like, no. I mean, <laughs> he got the YouTube hits, didn't he? <laughs> so if you're ever sick, we can get him to stand in for you. That's what you're saying. Oh, I've got I, I re- think of I've got a replacement. If me and you ever fall out, that's perfect. I think you you try getting him to set up a fucking pop shield, man. Yeah. That's not going to work. <laughs> all right. But he can show me the craters on the moon. <laughs> so, um, so James Randy is. Genuinely an amazing man, right? So Jose Alvarez points out that James Randi won the MacArthur Award, uh, and that was in 1986. Now, I don't know if you know what the MacArthur Award is, right? I didn't really, so I looked into it. Basically, they give you a chunk of money over five years. I think it's three quarters of a million dollars. And it's just so, for instance, they'd pick you and me, Rick, and go, actually, you're, you're doing good things here discussing documentaries. Here's, <laughs> here's some well, money. We've got different levels in our, in, in our trajectory, <laughs> don't we? The here's, MacArthur grant. Yeah. Well, and here's some money to keep going on. And they give it to about 15 to 20 people a year. And is that to fund their research and continue to... To continue to let them carry on being artists or astrologers or whatever it is. The scope of who they give it to is so vast. So I read the first 20 out to my missus and I went, yeah, they've given all those people money. And then I reread and I went, oh, that was one year. Yeah, they've got a, they've got a fund of a few billion that obviously gets oh. invested and grows. So they can give away to support basic people like me and you, Rick, So because of the great work we're doing. <laughs> sorry i just imagine as you're reading out the 20 names around the ninth one she's like yeah i get it matt yeah. all right I get it. <laughs> but but so the, uh, so the amazing randy and his new partner jose um they get asked if they can debunk channelers yeah. now they show you footage of these people and this is when tv just had any crackpot could get on bloody tv yeah. back in this day and they just had people that would go on and, and would like pretend to roll their eyes back and go, I'm <laughs> speaking in a funny voice. <laughs> this is someone from the past. Yeah, this is Cleopatra. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> so he says, I can't debunk them. So what we need to do is we need to create one and show how it's done. Yeah. And that's what he uses Jose to do. So they go out to Australia and they fake all the press releases, make up fake newspaper yep. reports of them. And it's huge. Everyone in Australia knew he was there in an instant. Yeah. And the uh, Jose Alvarez, who is just as fascinating, right, as uh, the great Randy. As Randy. Yeah, yeah. 
and they call him Carlos, the channeler, I think. Is yes, what that's it. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's called the... So throughout the documentary, they segment it up into what hoaxes they're doing at the time. And that was called the Carlos hoax. And, and they fooled to me, the media because it just sounded attractive, right? And it's content. Again, just people just looking for content to put on the waves and then they can advertise around it. So they didn't yeah. really care if it was right or wrong. But Carlos at the time just looks like one of the supporting cast from Scarface. He does. Uh, yeah. uh, the, the dude who's like hung up in the in the shower about to get a chainsaw through the skull yeah. is all I could think. He did, yeah, he did look like that. But he was so into it, man. He really, and people were like, God, he's so gentle. Look, he's a proper channeler. You can tell. Uh, the Aussies just loving him going, I believe him. I mean, what, how, how can you fake that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then 60 Minutes, who invited them over to to create the hoax in the first place and who funded the whole thing, then revealed it was a hoax. And people are like, well, it, it can't be. And they're both there going, no, yeah, it is. We just fooled you. It's all it is. It's a hoax. That, Like all the channelers, it's just a hoax. And people are not believing him. To the point throughout the, the Amazing Randy's career, channelers and hoaxers, their popularity increased and the more he went round debunking them and showing how nonsense it was, the more popular they got. Yeah. And as he said, you know, human beings are idiots. They're just absolute idiots. And uh, then it goes back to his childhood. Uh, and it explains that his, uh, his father spoke to him twice <laughs> in his life. This is a common theme. This will pop up every other documentary. Uh, well, he had a very similar childhood to mine, so I didn't actually spend much time in school either <laughs> because he, he took himself out of school, didn't he? He went, yeah, I just stopped going. He goes, it was just easier to learn on the streets. Like, what? Um, and he, bear in mind, he was born in the 30s. You know, when he was growing up, it was just after World War Two. It was, you know, when he was meant to be being educated, you know, we were bombing the, well, everyone was bombing the shit out of each other. So he was like, well, I'm just going to. Who cares? Not necessarily in America, though, was it? World War II? I mean, they got Pearl Harbor, but they didn't have any other attacks. Well, no, but they got, you know, they were in the war. It was, they were a very huge war effort. They, they saved us from the Nazis, Rick. Let's not disrespect the Americans. Let's, you know. Uh, all right, all right. We'll, we'll, watch a docu- we'll watch a documentary about it at some point. Clearly, the clearly the analytics are leaving, leaning to America at the moment <laughs> for Matt, so... <laughs> I'm I'm trying to get some of that magic yen dollar over here. <laughs> it's good numbers out there in China. That's what you want in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now that Saudi money's fucked off. Right. Um As a kid, right, so Randy saw a magician levitate a woman. And that was when he decided he just wanted to be a, a magician. So at 17, he ran away to the carnival and he never went home again. That may be why he didn't speak to his dad more than twice. That, that's what uh, my brother says I did when I left for uni. Just like I'm joining the circus. <laughs> it is the equivalent of that, right? When you go, I want to become a comic. Everyone looks at you like, yeah, that's, oh, you're an idiot. Since I had zero intention of ever being successful in life, I did a beer honours in comedy. And on the first day, there was a lad that went past us on a unicycle. And I was just... Please don't be on my fucking course. Please don't be. <laughs> of, of course he is. Of the 19 people at Solent, he, he was all right. But I'll take the unicycle to, to university today. That'll show him how serious I am. But it was interesting. So his first kind of act, this is before he became so hardened on the truth, and I think it's a good little backstory for why he is the way he is, is he was a psychic, was his first act. Yeah. Uh, and he predicted the World Series. He did, yeah. And since that became such widely known, he then found he had people 
coming up to them in the street and offering money for advice on their lives. Are they doing the right thing? Yeah. Marrying the right people. And at that point, he saw the power of that, yeah. stepped away, and then became angry at the people that were exploiting these kind of things. Yeah, because he had integrity. Right throughout the whole thing, it you know it focuses on his integrity. He's got and, integrity. And speaking of integrity, in walks Yuri Geller. Okay, so regular listeners will know I am easily susceptible. Um, <laughs> now, I first saw Yuri Geller when I was about eight or nine years old, and maybe a bit older. And I had my nan's husband's broken watch it'd been broken for a very very long time and it was working after Yuri Geller had finished his TV thing and I told the watch to work now I don't buy into anything right and unless someone's telling me to <laughs> but I, yeah I bought into that and Yuri Geller in my head now I know the guy's a, a fooler right and I've just watched a documentary about what a great fooler he was but he did get my nan's husband's watch to work so you know wow Marriages just don't last in your family, do they? There's <laughs> <laughs> a, a dedication to divorce right there. Um, but what, so, what, what hit me about this documentary, right, was um, last year I read a book that was basically, it could, it could have fit, one of the, the lead character could have been the great Randy. Right, it's, and if you get a chance to read it, it's called not you, Rick. Obviously, this is going out to you. If you want a chance to read it, it's called Spoonbenders, and it's by Daryl Gregory, and it is absolutely a great, great read. It really is, and it covers spiritualism, um, and it basically and how how f the main character is basically the great Randy. So I, uh, I associated with this bloke straight away because I absolutely love Spoonbenders. It's a great book. Whenever I see Yuri Geller, I have to laugh because there's one of my favorite jokes of all time is uh, Jerry Sadowitz. How do you think Yuri Geller has a wank? <laughs> 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 Which I always fucking love that line. Um, but this is this is where it goes. And, you know, we talk again about the, the, the lost episode of the Flat Earthers that we just don't have the patience <laughs> to try and resurrect. Just to watch those twats again, but and it's not because we're scared of them. I would like to point out it's because, as an XIT manager, it would appear that I'm reasonably inept at times with IT. <laughs> it's just it's the the anti intellectual movement growing, and and then you go back and when Yuri Geller popped on the scene, yeah, they said get him to the defense department because we're worried worried that the Russians are working with psychics now. <laughs> it's insane, isn't it? Absolutely oh, insane. Absolutely crackers. I love that. So they go and do the Stanford experiment, which is Yuri Geller uh, tells you to put a ball bearing in these little casks. Yeah. And he can then eliminate which ones the ball bearing isn't in and get it right, which, again, put him in charge of the nuclear launch course <laughs> as quick as possible. Um, well, and then so they, they it, reproduce that, don't they, on... Um, friend of the podcast, The Johnny Carson Show, again, which keeps popping up in a lot of documentaries. And what, what I liked about that, when they cut to Randy talking to Johnny Carson and debunking Yuri Geller, they cut back, Johnny Carson's there on telly, just smoking a fag. Yeah. Yeah, so what they do is... What a time they, to be alive. You could smoke wait, on telly. Because they wanted to get uh, Randy to go there. 
and he says, that's short notice, but I'll speak to your prop guy. Yeah. Do this to the stuff, because the way he's doing it is he moves the table, and then the ones that move differently obviously knows there's a different weight in it. Yes. But they take a 20-minute commercial break as he's walking around trying to figure out why these things aren't fucking moving. And he's going, I don't feel strong tonight. I don't feel strong. I, don't be disappointed, Johnny. Don't be disappointed. I am not disappointed. Yeah. And uh, comp- and like, yeah, that footage of him coming back and Carson smoking is absolutely hilarious Because Carson knows it's all nonsense, right? Oh, he does now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, the thing is, I'm watching Yuri Geller, and it's a, it's a con man thing, and you see it in a lot of different... So tactile, touchy-feely, is in your personal space. Yeah. If he says something about him, he brings it in about you and draws you in closer as he's, yeah. you know, put, putting a lighter under the spoon so it fucking flops over or whatever it is that he does. Well, he's a manipulator of people as well, right? And this is how popular the great Randy was. Alice Cooper employs him to cut his head off on stage. Now, how realistic did that look when he cut off Alice oh, Cooper's yeah. head? I was like, oh my God, he's killed Alice Cooper. You heard the screams. The screams from the crowd were yeah. incredible. What a show that was. What a great show. This is how popular he was. He was on Happy Days. Him and the Fonz. I watched that episode. Him and Fonz are having a, like a, hey. When I was in sixth form, uh, our parents, uh, me and one of my mates, our parents got sick of us just not bothering to go in because the attendance rules are a bit more slack than regular school. Right. And uh, so what happened is we would have to go in for registration and then we will just go back to my mate Tom's and eat chicken burgers, watch Happy Days and play FIFA. Perfect. So, And I remember the amazing Randy, that scene of him hanging in, By the, the, window. Uh, in the window. Yeah. 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 And the friend's like, hey, it's the amazing Randy. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, a, I mean, he became a cultural icon, right? He became a you, pop culture icon. That's that's as good as it gets, really. I love his little trick. And it's when he does the rope hand tie him behind the back when you see him doing great, live shows. Great trick. Because get someone to tie his hands behind his back and he goes, okay, we're going to time how long it takes. And then you'll go, can you, point, can you pass that chair over yeah. to me? And he's already, <laughs> already flicks his hand back. I don't know. It's just old school. It fucking cracks me up. It was just brilliantly the delivery of how he reveals that he just got out of it. I like the, the way he makes, a, uh, he makes a card appear out of his mm. hand. You're like, how did you do? Listen, as much as we all know magic's not real, it's still brilliant to watch. When it's done well, it's absolutely superb. And here's the thing, right? He basically, he did a trick that Harry Houdini did. Now, Harry Houdini was a great debunker of um, psychics, etc., when he was doing the milk churn trick, so he gets into a, a huge metal milk thing and basically he chips his vertebrae and he gets stuck in there. And the host of that show, I don't know if you noticed this, because they brought him on at the end because on his way to hospital, William Shatner, yeah. William Shatner. Yeah. No, no. So what happened is that was the rehearsal before the live performance. Oh, right. So they're going through... So they were going through and getting the shot of it. He goes in and he couldn't get out and he heard a crack. That was two vertebrates he broke in his neck. And it is so funny that they they bring him back out on a stretcher after being to the hospital for the end of the show to show that he's okay. And he makes a joke. Yeah, he goes, and I don't recommend you doing this at all. (laughs) it's, it's, It's the very... Very direct way of talking. I'm a, I like Randy as a fucking person. I think he's fucking hilarious. It's a bit like when you see on The Simpsons, like the daredevil, when he's like, he's okay, folks. <laughs> and he gives him the old thumbs up. It's all mangled. Um, but he decides because he can't do these body positions anymore. As he said, it's a young man's game, right? He decides to take on the faith healing industry. Just 
quickly before that, you see him hanging from a helicopter trying to get out of a straitjacket. And again... Over Niagara it's Falls. Just, it's just crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy, the, the stuff he was doing. But I don't think the escape stuff is particularly interesting. Does that... Yes. Would you agree and- with that? It's not visually stunned. That's why you have to do it over Niagara Falls because it looks like you just try to get out of your pajamas when you're wearing a street jacket. <laughs> and and again, how many times have I used this on the podcast? What he's doing is it's a bums on seats business. Right? <laughs> so he's got to have that personality to draw them That's in. That's what I want. When we start gigging again, Matt, I want people to have t-shirts saying bums on seats <laughs> business. <laughs> Woo! I'm a cultural icon. So we... We then go into the pop-off exposure, right? 1986. Yeah. And basically, this this dude, Mr. Pop-off, he's going around, like, and he'd get thousands in a congregation, and he'd be going around preaching the word of Jesus, and then he'd go, and you're cured in the name of Jesus. Yeah, you've seen so many, like, I, you, I've never seen him before, but you have because of how many times the example of guys like this have been used. Did you ever see Sam Kinison? Back when he yeah, was alive. Uh, not when he was alive, but I've watched his shows. Because he yeah, he's so a preacher, like, right? Yeah, he was an evangelical preacher yeah. that went into comedy. And Sam Kinison, you can see a lot of Chris Rock is uh, very heavily influenced mm. by uh, Kinison in the way they perform. But it's the, oh, God, Lord of Jesus, and then I'm going to take the fire and I'm going to put it through your face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, it's the way, and, and then you see him going around and there's poor people. They've got children with cancer. He's slapping in the face to get the cancer off them. Yep. And then the old women, it's the way he tacks their face yeah. with the palm of his hand. And God be gone. And he takes some buggers, like, walking stick off yeah. them. And it's clearly adrenaline allows them to run for a few minutes. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's 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 a hoax, right? You can see it's a hoax. But I, you kind of don't work out how it's done. And then the guy goes... Well, well, I had a sneaking suspicion, if I'm honest. Well, <laughs> no, because the bloke says, because I'm sitting there going, well, how does he know all of these people? And it's because, and how does he know what their diseases are? It's because they filled out prayer cards while they were queuing up to go in, saying, please, can you cure this? Please, can you cure that? It's almost like they deserve to be scammed. I mean, they don't, but they kind of do, don't they? Because they're that naive. How did he know that? Well, you wrote it on a piece of paper, son, like 20 minutes ago in the queue. I could almost allow it to skirt under snake oil salesman being entertaining. But it's when he tells them, if you have medicine as a sign of faith, you take your pills and you throw them into the aisle as a sign of faith. Yeah, yeah. So, like, this is America way. Like, you know, it's like 20 quid a pill for serious diseases. Yeah. Or a hundred dollars a pill at times. Yeah, yeah. You got like swimming suits, and you got people with cancers, and so like that fucking animal of a person. Yeah, absolutely. To do this to people, and, and they lift up. The, there's the kid who's got the lump in his chest, who's like nying. Yeah, and they're giving him. You got to be fine. Go back to school. Don't worry about the chemotherapy. And it's and not just false hope the they're giving him, right? It, it's no hope. Yeah, be- because yeah, they're going to be then- doubly crushed when they go, and the doctor goes. Your cancer's got bigger, right? That lump's got bigger. Yeah, because you ain't been taking the tablets because some con man has told you to throw them away. Mo- modern day, there should really be a civil suit in which... Yeah, hands down. That, yeah, that, yeah. Would, that would happen. And then then again, you, you're almost like, okay, these people are too stupid because he does this thing goes, I got 15 boxes. 
everything, all the money you put into the box, you will receive back ten times more. Brilliant. <laughs> you can't knock the showmanship of it, can you? Yeah, in, in a history of too many Simpsons references throughout the show, he's going to sell someone a monorail. <laughs> <laughs> monorail, monorail, monorail. But we should have got the street fixed. You should have wrote a song, Marge. You should have wrote a song. And then, then Randy notices something very interesting and goes, he's wearing a hearing aid, which is weird because he heals the dead. <laughs> so why is he... That proper so why is he wearing up. a hearing aid? What a yeah. great... He's a, I tell you, he's a comic. He'd be... A, you get him to do a 20 spot, no problem, any club. He'd come and he'd amaze the audience because he is oh, the amazing Randy. He, he's absolutely brilliant. So they, they they set out to debunk him. They get a security, a guy dressed in a security guard to try and find the radio frequency yeah. in which he uses. And they find it pretty easily. And it's Popoff's wife. Yeah. This Hi, this honey. It's me. Yeah, and she's even joking. She's even joking. I'm going, can you hear me? You're in trouble if you don't. <laughs> superb. Absolutely superb. Which made me laugh because, again, comedians could never pull off this kind of thing because we'd be too quick to fuck each other over. <laughs> Rick, you're a douche. You're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> die, baby, die. What, what I liked in the documentary was to, to give weight to the great Randy which he didn't really need, right? He didn't need these people shouting his praises. But they have some serious, like, so they have Penn and Teller on there. And Penn and Teller yeah. on anything is like, oh, okay, well, that's proper. You know, they're, they're genuine. They're, they're Las Vegas magicians, for God's sake. They've got the guy from Mythbusters, Adam Savage, who is sitting in the world's coolest room. I don't know if you notice that. So behind him no. is a... A real uh, full life um, C3PO on the table is half of a T1000 from the Terminator films. There's a NASA spaceship helmet. There's he's just got f he's full of props. It just, I, I stopped it and I went through the props. Oh, he's sitting in a room that I want. That's what I want. Bloody hell! It's funny because your room is starting to look like is that. <laughs> yeah, I see. I see. I see a deflated uh, R2-D2 just behind Matt there and there's more and more stuff that he's bought because <laughs> he saw the documentary. I'm sure he's buying Kate Nash's second-hand clothes right now. <laughs> Who's talking, Rick? Which one of my, <laughs> one of my entourages let it slip? Are they putting stuff on Twitter again? I just wanted to help, you know, I'm rooting for it. I like this person. <laughs> um, all right. Was that, was that your impression of me? What? No. <laughs> my my impressions range from angry southerner to confused Geordie. That's all I've got in the tank. <laughs> so 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 Randy then goes on Carson to debunk him. So he's he's the showman. He doesn't just stand up and say this is but he goes on Carson to do yeah. it. And again, the way he does it, he just he's like an annoyed head teacher who's slightly dry witted, isn't he? he yeah. Goes, yeah, it turns out he can hear God. God's frequency is 139 hertz, and God sounds suspiciously like Popoff's wife. <laughs> Johnny Carson is also, he's an ex-comic, right? So he's laughing his ass off, and he's loving it. And then um, as Yuri Geller's traveling around the country, the amazing Randy's traveling around and doing um, the same TV show that Yuri Geller's doing. He's doing it the following night, saying, yeah, that guy's a crock of crap. So Yuri yeah. Geller is, in effect, keeping the amazing Randy in business because he would have got paid for this, right? It's yeah, oh, they, yeah, they yeah. feed it's a, it's one a, another as much as he's like trying to debunk him. He's also helping pay his mortgage. It, it's an amazing racket. So like he goes on one, he goes, "Well, I can come and show you that it's not." Yeah, 
And the thing is, since he's a magician, he doesn't actually tell them how he does it. No. He just tells them how to stop them doing yeah. it. Yeah. And which to is, say which... it's a trick. Mm. The, the, the TV presenter yeah, so with it's... the key. Well, this key is magic because Yuri Geller bent it for me. He went, give me your other key. There we go. Do you Did he bend it like that? Is that magic as well, that key? Because that's now a little bit bent and you can't use it again. But even she then goes, but when he did it, it was magic. Yeah. But when you did it, you're, you're fooling me. And as I said... The, the attendance at the, the, the psychics and the, the faith healers and the spoon benders and all of them, it goes up. But what was that quote where he said, uh, people believe what mm. they need to believe, not what they should believe. People believe the charismatic romantic story over the truth. Yeah, yeah. Because they need it. So then it comes back to pretty much modern day. And you see, like, um, he's abroad. He's missing Jose. He's a much older man. He's missing... Missing Jose, and uh, he looks like Terry Pratchett. Reminds me a lot of Terry Pratchett yeah, he, when, he's, he does. when he's getting older. I met Terry Pratchett. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he came in after a book signing uh, into the computer shop I worked in, and I was introduced to him because I was reading his books at the time, and I loved him, and I shook his hand, and apparently I've got a really strong hand shake. And um, I heard his... You do have a weirdly strong hand yeah. shake. There's a, when I was a bellboy, I was taught that every day I had to shake hands, and one of the concierges would try and crush my hand. And that's given me a just a genuinely, like, I've got short man handshake syndrome. Um, and anyway, so I shook Terry Pratchett's hand. He shouted at me and left the shop. <laughs> <laughs> and the bloke who introduced me to him, he was mates with Terry Pratchett, just always had a go at me. How dare you hurt Mr. Pratchett? Well, yeah, sorry, Marcus. But and he shook his hand. So- I didn't know he'd been signing autographs all day. I have a weird affinity for Terry Pratchett. Now, I have never read a single book of his. Right. Anyone I've ever had a a lasting romantic relationship with has always had at least 10 Terry Terry Pratchett books. Oh, so you've got a type. They're a Terry Pratchett fan. So I don't know what it is that he does that lowers expectations to the amount, (laughs) but... If you've got more than 10 of the Discworld series, we've got a good six to seven month relationship we could have. You're Rick's demographic. Yeah, and I almost did a did a make some Dungeons and Dragons to say my current girlfriend. Um, <laughs> my my partner, she she loves the biggest Terry Pratchett fan of all of them that I've met. And she was devastated when he got Alzheimer's and again when he passed away. And she told me a nugget of information that just blew my mind. She said... Um, the sad thing is they will never follow his work because for his family to receive the inheritance, they had to sign an agreement that when he died, they would have his hard drive yes. bulldozed. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which, which again, in the modern day, when an elderly celebrity says, you're not getting a penny until you actually bulldoze my hard drive, alarm bells ring for me, <laughs> all right? I don't think... He's worried that the Discworld series is going to take the wrong turn. All right. I think there might be some pictures or something we don't want to know about on that. Terry Pratchett and, and seven page free models. Yeah, if it was that, that would be fine. I don't think that would be. I don't think he would have hired the bulldozer himself before dying to make sure it happened if it was that. But again, I know that's triggering a lot of people and it's triggering a demographic of people, the only demographic of people that like me. So it's not a positive thing. Because. The first thing she says is, says, please don't tell that as a joke. And then I went, I did um, Caroline's in Brighton. Yeah, yeah. Is it Caroline? No, Carol Caroline in Brunswick. Car- yeah, it's a big fucking difference between Caroline's yeah, is. New yeah, York yeah. and Caroline in Brunswick. So I'm doing the Brunswick with six people. 
in the audience. Four of them are, are, are women with uh, different colored dyed hair and tattoos. Yes, Brighton. And I thought, and I went, they'll know Terry Pratchett. I've got a bit on Terry Pratchett. So I mentioned Terry Pratchett, their faces light up. I say the punchline, I swear, they didn't even breathe in my direction for the rest of the set. They just, they were seething at the idea that Terry Pratchett could have been doing something. And for the record, I'm not saying he definitely did. I just think it's funny someone needs their hard drive bulldozed before their kids can live in his estate after he's you gone. You can't slag down TP. Those fans have got a lot no. of weight and they probably know computer hey. code. So uh, this might this might not even make it into the cut of the podcast, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> this might be another one. We send each other a little email and go, you know what? Let's not piss off Terry Pratchett fans. Yeah, Because no one's done more to improve my life than Terry Pratchett. <laughs> I'll say that. Well, that's just what confirms that it's staying in. Very funny. Um, <laughs> so then Washington University in St. Louis. Again, the word Washington in every almost documentary. Washington. Oh, just just quickly before we go to the university. So you see his house. And it's cir- it's a circular house. It is a circular is, house, yeah. Which that bl- like I've never seen one of those. What was house is a perfect circle. How did I not? You yeah, because s- you saying that, I'm like, oh my god, yeah. Why did I not write that down? Yeah, it's like something from Supernatural, like a pentagram. You can disappear at any moment he wants and just pop out of a different wardrobe. Yeah, yeah. Just seeing a magician be regular around the house. There's a Jack D bit I absolutely love. It was, it's one of the reasons why I, I think I followed into comedy. It just made me love Jack D this line because he's talking about David Copperfield. And he says, if you're David Copperfield, there is a pressure for everything to be right in your life. Okay, I mean, who do you call in an emergency when you're David Copperfield? You say, hello, police, my bike's disappeared. Oh, I see, sir. Should I report it or clap? <laughs> I butchered that, but check it out. Jack, the uh, live and uncut from like 1998 was fucking incredible. So anyway, back to what uh, you were saying there, Pop. We then cut to Washington University uh, in St. Louis. Weird that Washington keeps pop- popping up. And they put up half a million dollars. And that was when half a million dollars was a lot of money to investigate psychokinesis. And out of the two, out of the three hundred applicants they get, they chose two ringers who were in league with the great Randy. And this experiment with the half a million dollars went on for four years, and they were taking advice on how to make sure the ringers were genuine from the great Randy. It was a proper. It was. Um. It was like James Randy was, uh, Robert Redford. And, you know, those two were, what's his name? Paul Newman, right? And it's just a classic case of the sting. They were stinging a university. And then it got so far Sorry, in. Sorry, I thought you were about to make an indecent proposal reference. I was trying <laughs> no. to go back to my old memories. <laughs> and then they got so far into it that the BBC got involved, right? BBC starts making a documentary, which we're now going to bloody have to watch. And then they realised the director, uh, Tony Edwards, was his, uh, was it Tony? Yeah, Tony Edwards. He realises that he can't get anything on tape because the minute they start videoing them, none of the experiments work. Well, well, the trick is he wants to prove that they're going into these telekinesis experiments of the likes of Yuri Geller with a pro-biased opinion. Yes, yeah, and yeah. They're not what, and they're not checking them, showing that tricksters can fool anyone if you have a pro-biased opinion. So so they're actually contacting Randy and asking for how to yeah. control the tests. And then the test subjects 
are then messaging Randy to say how they beat that. So then Randy will then edit it, so they'll go back and they're finding different ways they're beating yeah. each test. But it just amazes me. Scientists are doing this. Have you ever heard of the company Johnson & Johnson? Yeah. No more tears. Now, until, yeah, exactly. No more tears. When I think Johnson & Johnson, I think nappies and baby lotion because that's what gets put out. Johnson & Johnson is one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies on the planet that do things like, you ever seen the movie Deep Blue Sea that operate on a shark's head? To, no. to, on shark on shark brains to cure Alzheimer's. No. So they they, ha, they are doing like at the forefront of all. I mean, I think they they're one of the ones of ethical trading practices and things like that. But they they are like on the forefront of medical science, doing all these kind of experiments to cure Alzheimer's, right. working on shark brains. But they're also in the same building as the guy who works on fucking baby lotion. And I just imagine the. Um, <laughs> When they're in the cafeteria the, at lunchtime. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, like a high school cafeteria. Yeah. You've got the guy trying to cure brain disease next to the guy going, yeah, I make babies' arses softer. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea, because you have Oxford and Cambridge scientists sat there trying yeah. to work out if, tel- if telekinesis is real. This is why we haven't cured cancer. We've got people trying to work out how Yuri Geller bends a fucking spoon. Like, and they're really set on proving that Yuri Geller's right. They haven't got an unbiased opinion at all. And the problem is, when they say, look, it's all a hoax and people are not happy, apparently you set back the psychic kinetic community and make science look stupid and that's not on. No, hang on. That's exactly what a scientist want. They need to have their stuff disproved or proved. That's the whole basis of science, isn't it? But no, they are not happy because, well, they're they're all blokes with massive egos, aren't they? And every time, because the guy had the right idea, because he says, if I can prove to Randy it's real, it's real. Yeah. So they get, so they do all of Randy's rules, and they can't do a thing. It's just them looking at a spoon and scratching their own head. Yeah, because the, the, the spoon bending is superb when they bend a spoon. But what I liked was one of uh, the people who were backing up what Randy was saying, and he said, I did say to Randy once that me and you should switch to the other side. We'd be earning yeah. millions, right? It's so easy, just like pop off. But they can't but because then they've has, got just an ounce of integrity, right? Yeah, exactly. You see, because we'd be, we'd be conning people, yeah, stealing, which is exactly what it is. It's just stealing. And then and then we see Yuri Geller come back on the scene back in the past. Yeah, and he says, "What have you been doing, Yuri?" And he says, "I've been getting rich. I've been using my abilities to look for oil." <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? That he gets employed by Yuri Geller. He. He's still in gameful employment. He's doing great. I mean, did you did you hear the thing about he was the one who fucked over Michael Jackson? Well, I mean, whether or not you consider fucking over, but they had a huge falling out. Oh, and he's the he was the uh, snitch. Not the snitch. He was a friend of Michael Jackson. Yes, yeah, I remember that. And there was two people vying for an interview with Jackson: Louis Theroux and Martin Bashir. Right. Do you remember that documentary back in the day? No. So there was a big famous thing that came out. So Yuri Geller turned, uh, convinces Michael Jackson that Martin Bashir is a fair, honest opinion. He's not going to do any kind of hatchet job on you. And um, He's a journalist. So he, so he sacks off Louis Theroux. And um, so they do the documentary, Living with Michael Jackson. And the first advert break, yeah, you'll never do this anymore in the future. I remember the last line before the first advert break I remember scraping for a videotape to put on to hit record 
Generally, you used to have the cassette tapes yeah, to yeah. in the VHS, so we're going back mid-90s. So the first advert break, Martin Bashir goes, after the break, we meet Michael's best friend and live-in partner, who's a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh, that, there's, there's TV <laughs> history right there. There's. Michael Jackson's been caught. I don't know why I don't know any of that. So he never spoke to uh, Geller again after after he had been recommended. It turned out that Geller had been given money to give the intro or something like that. So it's it's hard to be angry at Geller because, yeah. you know, he's protecting someone who's potentially harming children. But on the same, it's just one of the nuggets of info oh, okay. I remember of Yuli Geller. And- but then you start to see a backlash on Randy because people on chat shows are going, let me tell you something, sir. Mr. Not-So-Amazing Randy. Did you see that guy oh, at the task who dick. stands up? Yeah. Like yeah, like the guy who stands up on question time, who's asking a question, but really he's just giving us points. Yes, yeah. Um, and he goes, "Let me tell you something, right? <laughs> Not so amazing, Randy. You are telekinetic, even if you don't believe so. And when you do believe so, you'll become more powerful." And you're like, "How can you deal with these idiots?" Yeah, and he can't. That's the whole thing. And you can you can see like the little twitch that's going on in his face. Going, you fucking idiots. Yeah, and he, he he's witty, but he's fast talking for these people. He goes, "No, I didn't say that. In fact." It, if, if you tell me I put the, t- the scientific community back, I say I brought it forward yeah. to make it po- more difficult to put, which is absolutely right. But then you got like you got a Jeremy Kyle guy who sits up and goes, I'll tell you what, you can piss off. Get off my show. Yeah, throws his toys out of the pram because he doesn't want to believe it because what he believes in is being challenged and that unhinges probably a load of other beliefs he's got. So, yeah, he's not having it. So it's, it's better to not listen, isn't it? And to to have your 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 belief structure questioned. And then you, and he says, that's when he says the quote, people would rather believe the romance and the lies. And then it shows you pop off again, who's now selling holy water that saved all the Christians in Chernobyl. Yeah. And and there's an interview with pop off, which again is hilarious. Just a short, sni- a short snippet of him retaliating to, to the amazing Randy yeah. saying, um, how has he proved that it's not the act of God? Because our ratings... Have gone up. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. Not the death rate, not the not the things you claim to cure, but your TV ratings went up. Yeah, and that's what counts because you got national exposure by being exposed. Yeah, it's disgraceful, yeah. man. It's absolutely dis. And you're getting so angry, and then the film almost you it stops, and then you watch a new film, and this is where I was mm. like, hang on, what? So effectively, yeah. he's lost his debunking thing. Even though he's still, he's written books, he does book tours, he t- he tours the planet, doesn't he? And people are like, thank you for showing these charlatans for what they are. So then what happens is it shows you his birthday, right? Modern day. Rick? And it, it's, it's, it just always makes me cringe whenever you see a guy doing limericks to someone as a birthday present. I fucking detest it. Yeah, buy me an Xbox game. Don't write me a poem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can fucking get out of a straitjacket over Niagara Falls in a helicopter. Don't tell me what Randy fucking rhymes with for entertainment, please. <laughs> <laughs> and then you realise from that that birthday party that him and Jose Alvarez they're in a relationship, which you didn't. Is that when you realised? Yes. Oh man. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't piece it together. And then basically, so he came out. He was like eight. God bless he you, was, Matt. Was God bless 70, you. 80 when he came out because he was from a different time. And, you know, when being a homosexual was illegal, you get punched in the face. You get shown in, thrown in prison for it. And then the 
then the and you find that out, and I was like, oh right, okay, well, fair play to him, right? You know, I, I hope he's happy. <laughs> I can't believe, cannot believe that you didn't click before that point. Did, never, I, I, yeah, never, no, just didn't. Wow. Well, they were just when he said, you know, and then he said, like, I've got a partner, but then the big reveal comes out that Jose Alvarez isn't real. So Jose okay. Alvarez is a pseudonym because he was under so much pressure in Venezuela that he was probably going to get killed for being gay that they chose yep. the name Jose Alvarez and he's been living on a false identity. The FBI raid the round house. Pause up there because this is the point where I got really excited. Right. When he said... Because <laughs> the FBI he, got involved. When, once, once he says he's outside, he sees the FBI and the US Marshals like surrounding the house yep. like uh, an Indian hump dance. And coming in, and because at this point you don't know it's about Jose. No, not at he all. He just starts telling the story about it, and what I would have given for him to start doing those tricks with the handcuffs <laughs> if it was Randy. <laughs> I, I, I just wanted like a Home Alone style <laughs> fighting off the U.S. Marshals when he's jumping out of cupboards, <laughs> going, "Okay, I'll come with you. How about over there, sir? What time's it?" <laughs> That would have been the best footage of all time. That is what that is all I wanted to see at that moment. But it wasn't, unfortunately. It's Jose is arrested for living for false identity for 25 years. Now, bear in mind, in the opening scene, we see Jose Alvarez on a show called Tell the Truth. Yep. Will the real Jose Alvarez stand up? Now, if you're living with a fake passport... But he didn't... Did he know? He, of course he did. I was just about to say, did he know? He was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course he did, because actually his given name was Dave. So yes, he knew Jose Alvarez was false. I beg your pardon, that was a it was, stupid it was, thing to say. I think you've butchered the Venezuelan language on that one. His name was Devi Peña, is what he was called in Caracas, Venezuela. But to go on a show when you've just got a fake passport, go, I'm the real Jose Alvarez. I'm just like, that is... And the reason the FBI found out that he was living under a false name was because the real Jose Alvarez wanted to go... Yeah, wanted to go to Jamaica to his sister's wedding. So he applied for a passport and then the FBI went, hang on a cotton pick a minute here. Let's... uh..." Yeah, and uh, basically they nicked Jose Alvarez and put him in prison. Oh, and, absolutely! Like, just the worst look. Just that one thing triggered in the system, and then he's yeah. FBI busting the door. And they're saying they're going to deport him. And at this point, the amazing Randy has been a rock throughout the whole film. The guy is unshakable. Right? He's going on national TV. People are throwing insults at him. They're calling him a fraud. They're having a go at him for debunking all of these other real fraudsters. And this is the only time you see, he's shocked. He's, he's visibly shaking. Yeah, yeah, they've taken his partner away from him. And he said, what, what's the point of life? And it's one of those things where I, I didn't get on board with this theory uh, or, or, or this perception of him, but it kind of, they were trying to imply, see, he's lied about everything for this amount of time and he's got this whole big opinion on the truth. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that's the kind of implication they're trying to have. And I think that's a worry he has because when he sat there looking like, yeah. you know, a wizard Captain Birdseye, and he's talking to the director, mm. and um, the director's like, "I, you almost don't don't hear half the conversation." But he sort of snaps at him and says that he knew he was living as a false identity, yeah. and then he says he, he wants this footage to disappear. Yeah. And then um, that was one of the points that our last piped up going, "Why is it in the documentary? Then why is yeah. it in the documentary?" Yeah, my missus said that as well. Yeah. 
And then, so it goes to the court case. They get, uh, he gets found guilty, obviously. Yeah. He gets released for sentencing. They go for sentencing, and they've got a judge that is uh, very quick to deport people, so they're worried. He's petrified. They have people. He's, you can see it on him, and you feel, because you've fallen in love with this guy, haven't you, throughout the documentary. Mm. You're like, this guy's amazing. He's the amazing and Randy. Both of them, both of them are, seem like good people, yeah. lovely couple. And everything they have done, even if it's smoke and mirrors, has been for a good cause. Yes, no matter, yeah, yeah. No matter what they've, and and just they've by him me. not coming out as being gay doesn't unravel all his work, right? But, yeah. But people yeah. are saying it does. No, hang on a second. You, you've missed the whole point of his entire career. It's got his sexuality. It's got nothing to do with those charlatans, right? And the fact he was hiding it, he didn't lie. He just hid it. And he's a magician. That's what they're meant to do. Yeah, people that he's kind of taken apart, they're trying to take a little lump out of him. Maybe he's worried about his own character testimony, that kind of thing. But they have a bunch of people do three and a half hours of character witnesses to say, look, this is a good guy. Yeah. He was running away from persecution. He was trapped in this and it all snowballed. So he gets a 150, no, six months house arrest, 150 hours community service. That's not too bad. So... So 150 hours, but the one, the the last kind of little worry, which again, with hindsight, watching it with today's eyes, you know, isn't a worry, is he can't then apply for a visa. So thankfully, gay marriage is legalized and they get married. Randy and Dave get married. So, that was the, yeah. Uh, the second it was actually the moment gay marriage was deemed legal, uh, they got married two weeks later. I mean, first yeah. of all, fair play to them for organising a wedding in under two weeks. I mean, that's how amazing Randy was, right? <laughs> yeah, we can get this wedding done. Yeah, no problem. I've, the sad I've got news. a moratorium on, on weddings. This has been such a relaxed summer. <laughs> Isn't it lovely that there's not a work made that you've got to go and fucking say, say the same fucking words? You, you have to give up a Friday, Saturday and a Sunday to go on a stag do to meet a load of blokes who you're not really that keen on and you haven't even met them yet and you already know you don't like them. Yeah, and you've got to go away. And they have their wedding on a Thursday or a Friday because it's cool. And therefore, you've got to take half the week off of work. You only get 25 days a year. Ten of those this year are going to go to bloody weddings. Yeah, I'm I with just you. think weddings should be shrunk down to the size of birthday parties. Uh, they should be shrunk down to the size of my birthday parties, which means they're non-existent. <laughs> and ideally, I won't be there. That's exactly the way. My missus threw me a, a surprise 40th birthday 10 years ago. One of the worst days of my life. All of these people in my house who I didn't want there. Yeah, that's right. You, if you're listening. Yeah, I didn't want none of you here. Right, so when people ring us on my on birthday, like what you're doing today is like, oh, I'm going to chill out, you know. Probably play a bit of Xbox, get some takeout, and they'll go. But you do that pretty much every day, and you go. You think that sounds sad, yeah? But I see that as I live. I live each day as if it's my fucking birthday. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's like that bloke who. Um, have you heard of the guy who every day for him he treats it as Christmas Day? Every day he has a Christmas dinner. I was a wrestler who did that. Mankind. Oh, okay. Well, um, I just think that's a that's a good for him. If that's what you need to get you through the day, no, why not? no, it's not that... hurting anybody. Right, that's a little different. I think that guy's a douche. Uh, <laughs> take the suspenders and the hat off. If you don't find twenty quid worth of presents every day, it's not really fucking Christmas, is it? It's like 
Oh, it's the spirit of Christmas. Just so you can be on news channels for two minutes at the end. Go look. At least your dad's not like this. He did. They roll him out every Christmas. But there we go. That was. Uh, that's pretty much the story of the amazing Randy. Well, and that's no. Our, there was some very. There was some genuinely sad news. The real. Oh shit. The real Jose Alvarez missed his sister's wedding in Jamaica because they wouldn't <laughs> give him a basketball. Because <laughs> they. <laughs> now I know I shouldn't laugh at that, but that really, that really, really tickled me. There was. Um, Yuri Geller, he's now a mystifier, um, which my missus has got one of those to keep the plants wet. Um, and then the saving grace for me, because I did genuinely feel it was like three different do- documentaries. The saving grace for me was the uh, it was the soul record, which I'd never heard before at the end. I shazammed it. It's a great tune. It was by the Dramatics, which seemed very apt. And in the credits, the credits were incredible. So he thanked Penn and Teller. He thanked Tin Minchin, uh, Paul Provenza. And then <laughs> there was this beautiful little title at the end of the... You don't watch the end of the credits, do you? That's 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 that's, that's a, a, a trope of the doc, of the podcast. Ricky, <laughs> the minute Ricky hears piano music <laughs> and words coming up, he fucks off out of the room. <laughs> so there was a nice little title at the end and it said, to all gay people around the world who have been forced to leave home family or country in order to survive and to have a chance to be free from discrimination and persecution as well as the ability to love who they want to love that maybe one day will be free and I thought that was lovely and then um, basically there was another tragic quote about you know throughout history how we've how we've badly treated gay people and then the final credit the final credit on the film was beautiful no spoons were harmed in the making of this film. <laughs> Fair play on that one. Yeah, I like Randy. I think he's, so he's I. had a hell of a hell of a career. The footage of him back in the day, the stuff he used to do was class. He's a witty guy. Mm. Um, even seeing little snippets that Yuri Geller is saying that he's just jealous that I'm good looking, so I'm getting more yeah. more press attention and stuff. Because they're like just that. different side I- of the coins, right? Yeah, I've got I've got all the time in the world for the amazing Randy. I'm glad that the Daniel Davi Pena or Jose Alvarez. I wonder if he went back to his name afterwards, or everyone too used to call him Jose. That would have been tough. Yeah, that would have been tough. Because like, uh, yeah, but uh, like I said, I I think it's a it's a good documentary. But you're right, it is disjointed. In a way, it, f- it felt like it was coming up to almost like a a Professor X versus Magneto battle from yes, Yuri yes, Geller versus. Yes. Showdown, Smackdown, Fright Night in the Roundhouse. Yeah, it's like uh, if you ever watch the X Men, maybe Mitch always just laugh at the way they refer to each other because it's just like, Eric, what are you doing? My name's Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, 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 it's it's a fascinating career for a guy who who's super smart and, yeah. uh, and he and he seems to be on the side of good and what he's doing for gear rights and even coming out at the age of eighty when he didn't need Fair play to. to him. All uh, is a very 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 good role model. Um, but again, I just my my only one downside is I wanted him to the, the the police to try and handcuff him and for that to be like a Looney Tunes cartoon that trying to catch fun. him around the house. So what's your score, my man? What do you reckon? I'm I'm giving it a decent three. I thought it was good. Yeah, I'm going to match that. I'm going to go just because it was disjointed. It was too disjointed for me, and that just didn't fit into my uh, yeah how a narrative should be. But um. Yeah, I really liked him. That's a healthy three from me. So six for an honest liar. Next week, we'll get the leaderboard up and see who's doing the best. We will. So we have got more episodes coming up every week, sometimes two a week. Who knows? 
<laughs> all depends on iTunes, to be perfectly honest with you. Or, or, or it depends on the lesson we've just learned on doing topical humour while we're both <laughs> recording for the future. So there may be quite a few episodes in, in the next few weeks, guys. Uh, hope you're staying safe and that the world is looking a little better once this is released. Take care. Cheerio. Thanks for joining us on Discussing Documentaries. Oh, oh, oh.